What's up, everybody? Jim and a very special guest this week, Chris Tilly, our IGN UK editor. He's in town. Uh, clearly, Terry and Carl couldn't stand to be here to be around here, so that's why they're not Disappointing. Around. Yeah, right? They don't know what they're missing. Now, they're both, Carl's out and Terry's uh, seen a movie. Yeah. So that's part of the job. I'm in. I hope I don't let everyone down with my disappearance. Uh, no, you won't. No, you're, you're bringing the British steel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And nice we're going to actually talk about uh, James Bond in a little bit of a, a mutual uh, uh, property we both love, you mm -hmm. know? But I want to kick it off with talking about a movie that, that uh, opened in wider release over here uh, last weekend after uh, having a couple of good, really good weekends in limited release, Steve Jobs. And it bombed over here. Yeah. It, I believe it was in like seventh place with seven something million. And to date, domestically, it's only made 11.5 million. It costs 30 million to make. Right. I just want to ask the question, why did Steve Jobs fail? Yeah, well, we've both seen the film and both really liked it. Yeah, it's so a great it's, movie. It's a hard one because even the studio thought it was going to be a much bigger hit than that. I think it yeah. came in at less than half what they'd predicted. And only a few million more than the god-awful Ashton Kutcher one made, which... Is that right? Yeah, it was God, only like maybe that. a half a million more that weekend. I don't know. Like, we, we talk, you and I talked about earlier about the social network. Like, I thought this would be, that would be this year's social network, yeah. which was a sizable hit. Yeah. You know, it's it's a similar kind of subject, really. It's a technology that we all love and use and know. Sorkin. Uh, with a re yeah, Sorkin, a really interesting kind of m mysterious guy at the centre of it all. Yeah. Great director. Yeah. Great movie. Great reviews. I, uh, I'm lost. I think you've got more theories than well, I have, really. I got a, I got, I got a couple, because I've been stewing uh, on this now for a week, because uh, it's only in hindsight, really, that you start thinking, yeah, I guess maybe that's why it didn't really click and uh, why Sony initially passed on it, which was they doubted its commercial viability, and they're the ones who put out the social network. So they saw something, even though they loved the script, they saw something in there, and they ended up being right, but they took a lot of flack for it at the time for, for passing on it, and Universal ended up picking it up. So I have, I have a couple of theories. Uh, one, I'm poaching from Eric Goldman, who at lunch today spitballed this, and it made a lot of sense, which was um, social network was about guys you didn't really know anything about and they were these friends and the idea was that did he really invent it or did he steal it from his friends so there was that sense of getting betrayed by your friends and the very idea of facebook being about connecting Wait, friends it gave it kind of a thriller element yeah yeah there was definitely a heartbeat there at the center mm. whereas a guy who's a not very good father trying to work some relationship out with his daughter over time probably didn't resonate as well yeah uh I have another theory, which is, uh, I guess it's two-part. I'm not sure if people realize that Apple had nothing to do with this movie. Because maybe they feel like, I've given enough of my money to Steve Jobs and Apple over the years. You know, there's, you know, it costs like, I mean, I have a phone. It's like, what was this, like 500 bucks or maybe less? I don't know, something, but enough for a phone, you know? But I love my phone. It's not going to make me less. I love my phone, less... too. Everybody in the world has been... Uh, Touched literally or figuratively by by Steve Jobs, but you know. That sounds. I hope that one takes <laughs> yeah. out of context. Well, you know, <laughs> fastman. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. But it's it's. I just feel like there's a. He's not a guy. He didn't seem like the kind of guy you could root for. Whereas even watching those trailers for Social Network, which were really good, you get a sense of here's a good guy and here's the guy who might be the bad guy. Yep. You know, this just seemed like. Look at this prick, you know, like it just didn't have the same kind of resonance. Do you think it would have been a bigger hit if it had been DiCaprio playing? No, I think the movie still would have had an issue. It probably would have opened bigger yeah. if it was him or Bale. But I think ultimately it's, it's a hard sell. I think it would have opened big, but I don't think it would have done too much better because, you know, uh, I think stardom matters in certain movies. But I feel like in something like this, if... People felt like they already knew enough about Steve Jobs. I don't know if a Christian Bale or a Leo yeah. could have gotten them Christian in there. Bale's I mean, the one, wasn't he? Yeah. people, uh, you know, Bale was Moses, and that movie didn't really do too well. Yeah, but that you know? wasn't a very good movie. Yeah, this is a good true. movie. Yeah, I guess we've just got to urge everyone to go and see it. Well, give it's it, also give it a good second been weekend. A lot of Steve Jobs stuff between documentaries and and mm. um, you know just uh, TV programs on him and 
And yes, the Ashton Kutcher movie, which really did kind of muddy those waters. It wasn't like, hey, they're making another movie that's kind of like the one we all liked. Nobody liked that one, you know? Mm. So, I don't know. I just, I, I just feel like the Steve Jobs movie, even 30 million, is that maybe still too much? Mm. You know, like, could you have made this movie for 15? Maybe it wouldn't have been that bad, but, you know. I did, I, I like the, uh, the technical way they did it, though, with the filming on uh, old-time film stuff, oh, old-time, yeah. 16, was it? And then they did more like uh, 35, and then they did just high-def video for yeah. the more modern part. And I if they'd come really up to brilliant. date, there was talk about if they'd done another section, maybe filming it on an iPhone. It would have been great. That would have been interesting. I am curious, do you think that... Is this movie going to get released in China? I mean, this is where, you know, so much of the controversy about Jobs and about Apple and making of the iPhones and iPads and everything and, and basically, like, human slave labor of, yeah. of, you know... Do you think that movie will play over there? If I don't it know. Well, it doesn't get discussed little... in the film, though. It doesn't really come no, up. No, at all. I mean, I don't even think there was even a mention. No. Yeah. So in, in that respect, it wouldn't be as big a problem as if it had been mentioned in it. Yeah. But... um. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, it opens in the UK next week, so I'm hoping that it finds more of an audience. Is is he a guy that's somebody who's talked about over there? Yeah, is it, you know? sure. I think everywhere he's a guy yeah. who's talked about. Do you think, uh, how unlikable is too unlikable for uh, a protagonist? I mean, we, we've had movies where, you know, the main character is a prick. Yeah. And you follow it, and usually, yes, it's a redemptive arc, but sometimes it's a tragedy, you know, and you, you know. I think they can be horrible but they've got to be compelling there's got to yeah. be something uh you like know, Tony Montana, I, you know yeah i was thinking about today i'm reading this movie kill your friends which is like an english american psycho and like american psycho is an example isn't it is yeah there's something very watchable about that character yeah. and about that performance and he's a despicable human being but yeah. you've just got to find something compelling about the character and i think they do with jobs yeah i think what they they managed to make um is somebody who's so autocratic and so machine-like in his own way. And a lot of the credit has to go to, yes, Sorkin, but also Fassbender and Danny Boyle. But, you know, the, they, they made him flesh and blood. Yeah. You know, he wasn't just uh, an android, you know. Yeah. That's Prometheus. <laughs> but, yeah, well, we're curious to think, why, why didn't you go see Steve Jobs? Was there something about it? Or did it look like a movie that you could have just watched at home and you didn't yeah. need to see it on the big screen? Jim needs someone to blame, so I know we're looking for people to blame. You, you right there. Yeah, you, the guy watching. We want to know. Let us know in the comments. Let's move on from that and talk about some of the big stuff that happened in, in the geek world. Yeah, week. you're going to have to fill me in because I've been on vacation over here, so I've not really been going to IGN like I normally do every day. Well, What have I missed, Jim? The irony is it all started in your home country, oh, Empire yeah. Magazine. Empire has, got some has, covers. Has all these covers of Suicide Squad. So we have, you've seen these, though. Yeah, uh, I have. Two Joker covers. Uh, Harley, Deadshot, and Enchantress so far. There's some new still photos. I think that's probably it for the covers that we're going to get. I can't. Although I, I, I personally would have loved a Killer Croc one or, or even Captain Boomerang. Just show me him with his boomerangs. We, you'd like a picture of our friend Killer Croc. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, Killer Croc, who... Adewale Akini Agbaje, I can say his name. Wow. Him. I was just going to say Adebisi from uh, and Gugu Mbatara. You need to make a movie with like some Polish <laughs> filmmaker with a really difficult name just to screw with everybody, you know? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, we saw him at, uh, last night at the... Uh, Trumbo premiere. Trumbo premiere. Was that? No, that was the night before. A couple of nights ago. Yeah, yeah. and he was really excited about, about being yeah. Killer Croc, wasn't he? It's going to be so cool. I can't, I can't say anything about some of the stuff that I know. Uh, did he say anything to us? Not really. He no, being... he just said that it was a... Uh, he think, What did he say? He said something along the lines of, like, it's going to be a really crazy kind of take yeah. on, on all this. So yeah, he said it's really We'll see. There. Well, as we see from the new covers, Joker, definitely a glam rock thing going on. What, we haven't had a chance to talk about What do you think of the aesthetic of this movie and the looks <sighs> and the costumes? I'm going to be a bit of a Debbie Downer now. I, I like, I'm just, I don't like the look of any of it. Yeah. Like the trailers, the stills, uh, which is totally against what the majority of people on our site are I saying. I love the trailer. And you the people like in it. our office. No, I didn't. I just, there's, a, there's something about it that's giving me a really bad feeling. Okay. Um, but I know I'm in a massive minority, so I don't want to kind of 
doesn't spot. mean you're. It doesn't mean you're not going to end up being it right. Just, it's just not capturing that. There's a, a darkness and a. It just looks like it's from the early '90s to me. Yeah. Um, looks like you know around the time the crow came out or something. But I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I think it's a, it's a really interesting casting choices. Uh, a lot of actors I'm not madly in love with, but like. I'm not a Jay uh, Jay Courtney fan. No. Uh, I'm pretty wooden. Yet to figure out what I think of Delavine. Yeah, she seems to be more uh, Twitter presence than than an actor right now, but we'll see. And Jared Leto, I find, can be either really good or really over the top. And obviously there's potential to do both of those things yeah. and for it to work. Well, what do you think of the look of, with that purple leather jacket and the bare chest and no shoes yeah. and he's wearing, and we understand like why he's dressed like that. It looks like he just escaped from Arkham. He's wearing his, his Arkham pajama pants, basically sweatpants, but when he, is that? It's, it's the best My Chemical Romance poster I've, <laughs> I've, I've ever seen. I don't know, well everyone's saying it's like the emo Joker or it's someone that looks like they're cosplaying at being the Joker or something. Yeah. And that. yeah, I've got those worries, but I think it's totally unfair to like judge it based on stills because we did a little bit of that certainly in the UK office when Empire released the X-Men Days of Future Past covers. Oh yeah, a Quicksilver. Lot, a lot of Quicksilver, you know, the worst cover, the, the most laughable outfit and he was the best character in the film. So I'm trying to like, you know, temper my uh, sort of pessimism. Well, and also, I mean, look, Enchantress has caught some flack because she's even for as, as uh, risque and and kind of lack of a better term slutty as they have harley quinn dressed it's kind of like how she dresses in the comics now and uh but enchantress is far less clothed than she is in the comics uh do you think there's a are they a little tone deaf to the times in which they're presenting their female characters i feel like they might be i mean i think yeah. it's just in all, to be honest, I mean, as two guys, we might not, as progressive as we both are, you know, there's still nuances that we're, maybe we're not catching, you know? Yeah. I don't know, you know? Yeah, and I think X-Men looks similar as well next summer. Some of the outfits that we've already seen from yeah. Apocalypse looks a bit kind of, we're still doing that? Yeah, yeah. I guess their excuse is, oh, it's the 80s, but... Yeah. Again, we have to see with these people in motion, these characters in motion. I mean, Mystique has been walking around naked I guess so. for like the last 15 years. So, but no, I feel like uh, I, th I think I think the thing with the internet now is though, like as as much as we're into outrage culture, if if you are making changes to a character to in some way rob them of of their their dignity, you know, just to, to be titillating. I could see how that could upset some people, but uh, kind of, you know, curious to see if within the context of the movie, it all makes sense. Yeah. I mean, Harley Quinn definitely get the idea that she does this as psychological warfare. She's gonna distract the guy that she wants to take out by looking good, looking hot, you know, mm. and misleading him, which actually leads me to, uh, Another thing, something Will Smith uh, alluded to mm -hmm. in his Empire interview, which is he said that there might be a bit of a love triangle, kind of a twisted romance thing going on, at least a, uh, an attraction, maybe more, uh, between Deadshot, Harley, and then Harley and Joker. So, and that she's trying to kind of break free of the Joker's hold. Uh, what do you think of that? I think it's interesting. It's interesting, but do you think that's gonna tick off fans? Well, I, I, I didn't really get a sense of how big and pronounced that was going to be Yeah. from what he said. He just kind of alluded, and I think people are extrapolating a bit more from it than maybe what <coughs> he actually said. I mean, it could be something as simple as like the quote-unquote love triangle of Han, Luke, and Leia in the first Star Wars, where yeah. it's just one guy's flirting with her, one guy kind of likes her, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's going to clearly be a far more extreme than that. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, you I know, think he was talking about just glancing at her or something, or he gives her some looks yeah, that, yeah. like, so. Yeah, maybe it's not, it's not gonna be as big a deal as maybe we're fearing. Yeah, I think when people hear the word love, uh, the phrase love triangle, they yeah. have a tendency to kind of wig out a little bit. Uh, any, any other thoughts on what you've seen so far of Suicide Squad? What do you think its biggest hurdle is to, to finding a mass audience and just not the, the fanboy niche? 
and as the Joker kind of the key to... I think so, yeah. Out. I think or, or Will Smith in the kind of lead, like, you know, yeah. is Will Smith still that movie star that people will go in their droves to see? Obviously, he's, yeah. he's had some flops recently, but he's still Will Smith. And Will Smith plus Joker. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty up, exciting you know? combination. Do you think the marketing going forward, and I would imagine we're probably going to get a new trailer pretty soon, uh, do you think it's going to be more just Will and Joker-centric? And yeah. some Harley in there? Well, I think I hope they'll give us a bit of a more of a sense of who the characters are because it's yeah. all been very fast and I've not really... I still haven't got a sense of what it really is at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. You don't really get a sense of... Uh, is the bad guy in the movie the Joker or mm. is it Enchantress? I've heard it's Enchantress, you know? Yeah. And, and I have a feeling that... You know, this has been rumblings out there for a while about it really being her. And, you know, we've seen some of those weird set photos with soldiers that look like they had bug heads, you know. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know. Are you I'm excited curious. for the whole thing, though? To, I to, am. To, I really am. I think it's, it, yeah. I, I like David Ayer and I like his movies. Uh, I, I I like the idea, of the. I, I liked the comics when I was a kid. Um, and just... God, I was giving them a, a lot of rope there, and I hope they don't hang me with it for, you know, the more I do see of the Joker, the more it's getting a little much for me. Like, uh, I, I, I was like, okay, let's just see. It's some tattoos. Yeah, damaged is stupid, but maybe I, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, it won't bug me. But, this, you know, he's got to, at a certain point, I need him to be the Joker, too. He's mm. got to be... He's got to be that guy, and and I just don't want to see like just I'm a rock star kind of thing, and yeah. I don't want it to be a Jared Leto, uh, you know, vanity, uh, just yeah. project, you know. Yeah. Um, let's move on from Suicide Squad and talk about uh, a big Marvel movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Woohoo! We've got some casting on that. Uh, uh, Palm Clementioff, I think I uh, uh, get her name fairly fairly right. Uh, maybe she'd do a movie with uh, Adewale Akini Akbaje and Gugu Mbatara, and we'll be all set. Um, uh, she has been cast in a quote-unquote mystery role in Guardians 2. However, Deadline is saying that they've heard that she's Mantis, which makes sense because Mantis is, uh, is uh, I believe, half Vietnamese, and uh, Palm is an uh, Asian actress. Ah, okay. So... Uh, that's what is leading everyone uh, to that speculation. Is this exciting news? I don't really know anything about her or that character. Well, I think I think it's going to be well. She she wasn't initially green in the comics, and then she ended up green skinned and with the antenna. Uh, so I kind of hope they go the full alien looking thing on her. Uh, it's interesting. It'll be what's more interesting is that we heard that uh, Matthew McConaughey passed yeah. on the villain role. And I, you know, we, there's a lot of speculation, and I actually have a few names here uh, about who he could he could play. Uh, could he really be Peter Quill's dad, which would be different from uh, in the comics? His dad was a, a guy. I think it was Jason or something like that. Yeah, well, they uh, said they're going in a different direction. I think. Yeah, the because like the, the way he the father was described in the first movie is like a space angel kind of thing, uh, which odd, you know people think, oh, is it Adam Warlock? But I think it's uh, Magus or Magus, have you, uh, M-A-G-U-S. Mm -hmm. um, he's kind of, uh, there's a long, complicated thing. Goldman could get this uh, more <laughs> accurate than I could. But he's kind of like Adam Warlock's like evil twin or evil side or whatever. And he could conceivably be that kind of role or that, you know, that villain. I, uh, you know, some people were like, oh, maybe it's Michael Korvac, the Korvac saga. But he was human. And James Gunn, I believe, has said that... Um, the only human, the only earthling in the movie is going to remain Star-Lord. Uh, that there'll be new characters, but Star-Lord's going to stay the only human. So, I guess, uh, you know, there's also part of me who's like, maybe he's the Beyonder. But he's going to wear that, like, a Hasselhoff kind of outfit, you know. Um, let's talk, though, about Marvel. They really are without fear in terms of, like, let's just go for those A-listers. Let's go for, mm -hmm. even though I don't think they need them, I mean... Corey Stoll uh, is a respected actor, yeah. but he's not a household name. He's kind of a that guy actor. Um, and Ant-Man has now made over half a billion dollars with him as the villain. So, yeah. But they're going from McConaughey 
they try to get Joaquin Phoenix for, yeah. uh, not that he's an, he's, he's a, a very respected actor, but like, you know, you're going for McConaughey, it was just an interstellar and true detective one. Yeah, I, I, th I really think with them though, it's not about going for the movie star. They just want to get the right person for the right role. Like they really yeah. do seem to care. And with something like Guardians, they really nailed it with all that casting. Yeah. Um, Apart from the villain, I didn't think Lee Pace was great as the villain, but I think, I think the villain it's really was more the, the villain the was underwritten. The villain. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think they've obviously got a role that they thought McConaughey was perfect for, and so that's why they went after him. Do because you, think you know, they're sensitive they're, to the villain criticism. That's like, let's get that great actor then and make sure. Yeah, this maybe so. Happen, you know? um, maybe so. They, I mean, they should be because they, it has been yeah. a real weakness. What's been your favorite Marvel movie? It's Guardians. Are? No, your favorite Marvel movie villain. So ah, favorite Marvel movie villain. Oh gosh. I mean everyone I says Loki. I love Loki, but yep. I feel like I, I feel like Red Skull is is uh has been uh the unsung villain so far. I re Hugo Weaving could have really just hammed it up in that role and he yep. did it is actually quite subdued. For a guy with a red skull for a face, he kind of underplays it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> can I say Ben Kingsley is the Mandarin? You sure can. It was Take awesome. That, that was awesome. Yeah, he was great. Look, uh <laughs> I never knew Mandarin even had fans until the backlash. Come yeah. on, people. And hey, did you watch the, uh, the, the, the short? The short? Yeah, yeah the one shot. It was great. Well, it holds out hope that there might be another man. But I don't think they're ever going to follow up on that. What do you think? No, I don't think so either. It's just, oh, it it's, was a fun thing to explore, but... But Marvel is beginning to do this, where they have... They have these, like, a lot of loose ends, frankly, that they don't tie up. Like, yeah. And I just sort of want... I don't want to have to wait till Phase 5 to find out what the hell happened at Red Skull. Yeah, I mean, I did really like Ultron as well. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like Ultron, uh, what I liked about it was that it did, uh, he captured um, basically Tony Stark, and yeah. it was James Spader doing his best, Robert Downey. I, I just feel like they could have done some more interesting things with Agreed. him. And, and the attempts at, and, and the humor, well, good, didn't, it, it declawed him. You know, I wanted him, I wanted to see him actually really, like, Go after yeah. him, like kill somebody, like do something no. truly evil. That's a fair point. But they are building up to the ultimate villain right now, aren't they? If he finally gets off his but ass. Can, yeah. it, can it ever live up to expectations, though? You've no, got so I, many I think films hyping this character. Yeah. Can't, I can't possibly as, be as good like, as. What is he going to actually do? Like, you know, uh, Joshua, Yale, and, and, and I were chatting yesterday, and I think you were there. No, you weren't there for it. We we're talking about. Um, I guess now in the comics, like Thanos has a, uh, I think they're called like the Black Order or something. He's got like a kind of like a group of acolytes, henchmen that that do his bidding and fighting and stuff. And I could see them working that into Infinity War because I think you're going to want to save the Thanos fighting stuff the way that you save Hulk. Yeah, you want those to be your big key scenes. The money shot. Uh, but right now, just Thanos as a character. And I think Guardians, as much as I love it, and I think we, I believe we actually named it our, uh, what was our office vote, uh, favorite Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think Guardians did him any favors because, you know, Lee Pace is sitting there talking back to him, Ronan, and uh, he didn't squish him like a bug. Come on. Yeah. You know, they take that crap from that guy, you know? Yeah. Um, who, who's been, you think Lee Pace has been the, the, Let's stop throwing Lee under the bus. Ronan has been the worst villain or no? No. Who's the worst villain? Uh, the one whose name Dan and I can never remember when we do the superhero show, but Christopher Eccleston played him in Thor The Dark World. Malekith, the accursed. Yeah, I thought that was by far the worst. Yep, I agree with you guys. Absolutely, Malekith was. I imagine there's I liked a him in the comics. It was really yeah. cool. Well, I imagine the there's like 45 minutes of his, his material on the cutting room floor somewhere because it was just, it just bizarre that how little time he got on screen and how underdeveloped he was as, a, as Do, a villain. It's funny too, like I feel like we've had, I feel like we've had so many Marvel movies, there's only been 12, but I already forget people that had been in them. Like, I forget that Jeff Bridges did a Marvel movie. He was yeah. the bad guy in Iron Man 1, you know? It's easy to forget like uh, that Incredible Hulk is actually MCU, you know? You forget so Tim Roth has been in there, you yeah. know? Um, speaking of Marvel stuff, um, According to Collider, the Civil Captain America Civil War trailer, and this is kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, is going to drop with Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Um, saw some footage of it at D twenty three. It looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I am curious. 
there was no Spidey in that footage. Right. Tom Holland has said he was on set. In fact, he said he got injured on set. Yeah. Uh, do you think they're going to pull a Luke Skywalker and not show Spidey in the Civil War trailer? I don't think they need to show him yet. Yeah. They can, especially if it's a teaser. Okay. There's enough going on in that film that it doesn't need that. That's something they could drop much later, I think. In the in Do you think the, it would confuse audiences to see this and then just see friendly neighborhood Spider-Man show up? You'd be like, wait, what? Like, I think people would love it. I think, yeah, yeah I don't think it take people long to figure out what's going on. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, let's see, what else do we have here? We have, uh, oh, uh, just throw out a couple little tidbits here. Yep. Uh, we don't even have to discuss them too much. Uh, Batman v Superman, uh, Batman's armor that we've seen when in a lot of the Superman battles, while he does wear a suit at some points, a lot of it is going to be like, uh, it sounded like a motion capture suit. Okay. And that they're going to add it digitally so that he could actually move around. Right. And it wouldn't look clunky. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there, uh, George Clooney is producing an all-female Ocean's Eleven movie. I don't know if it's a reboot, remake, or just a new movie with that kind of like brand name. And Sandra Bullock's going to star because they're buddies. I, if the internet has a meltdown like they did with Ghostbusters, I'm not going to believe it because I don't think anybody's favorite movie was Ocean's Eleven. Will Catherine Zeta-Jones play herself in it? Was it her or was it Julia Roberts? I forget. It was, no, Julia Roberts was George Clooney's girlfriend. Yeah. And but Catherine Zeta-Jones was was. But Brad don't they realize she looks like the Julia Roberts, the actress, in yeah. the second one? And so yeah, she, because Bruce Willis plays himself. Yeah. And he's doing that whole bit. Oh, that movie was terrible. The first and third ones I liked. Second one is just yeah, and um, will who will if if it is a remake, who's going to replace Don Cheadle's Cockney accent? Because <laughs> that's the worst. They, uh, you know what they'll do? They'll they'll get Rebel Wilson and uh, just make her Aussie. Well, she's already Aussie. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about because Halloween is upon us. Yeah. Let's that's why I'm here. Horror. I've come to LA for some for some scares. Yeah, he's in. You're like the Predator, you're in town with a few hours to kill. <laughs> or like Tom Cruise in Collateral, you're just going to go in. I've been, I'm your Jamie Foxx, running <laughs> all over. Uh, let's talk about uh, horror movies that have come out this year. Yeah. Our, our favorites and least favorites. And then uh, some ones that are coming up, because you, maybe the folks watching the podcast here don't know, but you cover a lot of film festivals for us, a lot of primarily genre yeah, festivals. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're, you know, you're, Connect it with a lot of filmmakers. Yeah. So you see a lot of the horror stuff that's coming up before anyone else, general yeah. audiences, get to see it. And it really feels like there's a real horror community built up out of these festivals of filmmakers that are collaborating with each other, yeah. um, working with each other, helping each other out. I think it's a really good time for actually quite smart, independent horror films. I think we're in a really good place. Why do you think it is that horror... Because I, I've, I've noticed this in the, in the past, even amongst... Uh, for the most part, amongst uh, horror websites, horror fan sites, why do you think it is the horror community seems to kind of circle the wagons for each other in a way that other filmmakers don't? It seems like there's more of a brotherhood mentality. Yeah, I, I, I don't know familial. what it is. It feels to me like a lot of the, f the, the creators in that industry try not to separate themselves from the fans. Yeah. We're all in it together. There's no VIP rooms at these festivals. You can just hang out, talk to the filmmakers afterwards. And it's not the same when you go to like art house festival, like a can or something. That's yeah. never going to happen. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's quite nice. It's like everyone feels like they're all pulling together. Yeah. And as a couple of guys have said to me, like there's there's not as much competition because they see that if your horror film succeeds, then my ch mine's got a better chance of getting a bigger release and succeeding. Yeah. So rather than wishing ill on each other, they're kind of pulling for each other because it's good for the whole industry if it if it's reminds you know, me a bit making of some uh, money theater in a way like the way that you know uh i can't speak to this too too much but like that theater uh you're kind of all in it together like, yeah you, you got to be more of a, a scrappy upstart and you have to kind of do it yourself and you and you need to get word of mouth out there and you know it doesn't help anybody if one of them fails because that will roll back at you yeah so let's talk about the, the horror movies we've seen this year that we liked. Let's, yeah. let's start with you because I think you have more of them committed to memory. I do, but I think you've seen a few of these. So I think the one that stands out this year has been It Follows. Mm -hmm. I agree. Such an interesting, smart, original film. Uh, 
it did divide some people, I think, because it's, it is slow. Well, Tarantino has pointed out some of the, like, the mythology problems with the movie that I think are, have that, that last stretch when they're in the pool mm -hmm. and stuff. I think I can see the criticisms of, of that, but I think it's a damn good movie. And it's frightening. Yeah, it's great. It's a great concept. You know? Yeah. And Micah Monroe, I think she's a really interesting up-and-coming actress. She also did The Guest last she year. She sat right in that chair. Or maybe she sat in this chair. Either way, she sat right here. Well, she's great. She's, She's awesome. great in the guest. Did you see the guest? I mean, yes, that was, that was last great. year, but that's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably the standout horror film that's come out so far this year. But um, another one that's been good is The Visit. I still haven't seen it. That was just a, a nice surprise because M Night, you know, his last couple of films weren't for me. Maybe weren't for yeah, you. No. Uh, we're pretty but, terrible. Um, uh, evidently, not for anybody. Yeah. So he's gone back to what he knows. He's he's gone with uh, Jason Blum's production company. Made a low budget horror film, super low budget. But it's uh, funny. Too, no though, stars, right? and it's funny, and it's damn frightening, and it was a big hit. And I think he's just announced he's going to do another scary movie next. So I yeah, think it's he's, called he's Split. Split. Uh, James McAvoy. McAvoy. Yeah. So I think he's he's back in his niche now. M Night having kind of experimented with some other things. I think yeah. he's going to stay on solid ground. And he's had uh, you know, some success with Wayward Pines on television over here. So yeah. it's, it's nice to see a guy kind of get their, their footing back, you know? And especially, like, I, I do feel like he, he was pretty arrogant. We all read those interviews and, and uh, remember all the, didn't he do the fake documentary about him or whatever? What was that yeah. nonsense a few years ago? And so he, he has, and unfortunately this is Hollywood, so you have to get humbled and then they build you back up and it's a, you know, it's just I'm a, a big fan of his though. I'm really glad yeah. to, that I can get passionate about one of his movies again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then a film I'm really passionate about, which I don't think has come out in the UK and I think over here it might be out on VOD already, mm -hmm. Deathgasm. I've heard of it, I have not seen that one. I cannot there. recommend this highly enough, especially if, like, if you're looking for something fun to watch on Halloween. It's got a real Shaun of the Dead Evil Dead 2 vibe. It's very funny, it's very silly. It's about these teenage kids in New Zealand who are kind of losers and they're in a rock, terrible rock band and then they find a record <laughs> and play it backwards and they summon a demon and then they've got to save the world by destroying this demon. <laughs> and it's really, really funny. But the effects as well are absolutely top notch. It's, really? I think maybe the director worked at Weta, oh, but, okay. but it's one of these films where, a bit like Black Sheep a few years ago, where oh, right. yeah. it's a funny, silly film, but they've actually really nailed it with the, the effects. So. Speaking of uh, New Zealand uh, in Evil Dead, I have to say last night I saw yes. Ash versus Evil Dead. Yep. Uh, uh, there was a premiere and they showed the first episode. It's great. It's yeah. so much fun. And Sam Raimi directed it. He's not. I don't think he's directing every episode, but uh, it was it was it was exactly what you had kind of hoped and expected. You know, is it perfect? No, but it's fun and it's as dumb and goofy as you would. Is hope it gory? Yeah, but like ridiculous gore, you know, okay. exactly what you want. Like somebody gets half their head shot off, but they're still going, you know, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's just, it's it's good. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, and it's already been renewed for a second season. Yeah. So Stars clearly likes what they've seen. Yeah. Um, okay, some other, wh what horror movies have come out this year that uh, didn't work for you? <sighs> I didn't make a note of any of them. I'm, I don't I'm going to come out and say Poltergeist reboot. Okay, so I didn't watch it. I didn't, I didn't miss it. Yeah. And I like Gil Keenan. I like that director. And Sam uh, Rockwell's a great actor. Great. Yeah. And, uh, uh, oh, God, the, her name went right out of my head, the one who plays his wife. Um, but, yeah, it's a great cast, but it speaks to the fact that, like, horror remakes largely don't aren't good. Mm. There's been a few ones that worked. Like I know Carl is a big fan of the uh, Friday the 13th remake from like what, 2009? Yeah, Dawn of the Dead was good. Uh, yeah, this Snyder Dawn of the Dead. Mm. Um, but like this just, it reminded me, not as bad, but like um, uh, a little bit of the Omen remake where you are, you're being faithful yep. to the gist of the original movie and you have good actors but there's something tone deaf, there's something yeah. bloodless about it, you know? Yeah, uh, um, one, that, one that maybe I, f I get a sense we're disagreeing on is Insidious 3. Yeah. Because I liked Insidious 3 and you didn't. I didn't really care Why didn't you it. like? It was, uh, there were moments that, I, I liked the father-daughter stuff, but I, I felt like it was a movie that was, 
I didn't like the um, uh, kind of the the just the cheesiness of it. Although the 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 man who uh, Camperator, what's it? What what they call? Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, uh, I like the idea of that that villain and sort of the, yeah. the aesthetic of it. Um, yeah, it was okay. I just wasn't nuts about it. I thought it was a little too like, especially at the end, because it's a prequel. It's like Lin Shay's like, "Come on, boys, let's go." See, like, I really like that. I really <laughs> like that. I think those characters are great. And um, we've spoken to the the writer and the director, Lee Wanell, who plays one of those characters, Specs, and he said that. If they do a fourth one, it will definitely follow on from that moment where it's a film that's literally about them finally, rather than them coming in to save the day at the end. Right, right. And I think I'd like to spend more time with those characters. I think they're really fun. I think she's amazing. Yeah, And she they is. turned her into like a kick-ass heroine in this one. And she's a very sweet lady. I don't know if you've ever I've never met her. Meet her. She's really nice. Oh, I'd love to meet cool. her. Yeah. Uh, she's very cool. Um, any other uh, uh, horror movies coming up that we should keep an eye out for? Well, uh, one last one I was going to mention that's out is We Are Still Here, which is a great uh, little ghost story by uh, Ted Geogan, who is a publicist that we've dealt with. Oh, yeah. And he's directed, right. yeah. A, he's directed a movie, and it's, it's, it's really effective. Yeah. It's, it's slow, but it gets there, and the last half hour is nice. crazy. Um, you know, it's funny. That's the second publicist I, I knew who has now become a film director. The other one was Justin Simeon. Um, he used to work at uh, 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 Sony and he made Dear White People last year. Ah. And I got a card in the mail from uh, Spirit Awards and he's on the cover with an award. Amazing. And so I'm like, dude, you're in my mailbox. Yeah. He's like, I think it's just, it's so funny. He used to be, uh, Justin used to be the guy sitting in the hallway at the junkets checking people in. You Good know. for him. And yeah, it's, it's, it's astounding. So it can be done, people. Can be so done. And I'll recommend three for next year, just to get on people's radars. Uh, there's a film called The Devil's Candy, which is a really good fun. It's a it's bit. It's not like about the making of bonfires uh, <laughs> of the vanities. No, it's uh, I would love to see that one. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, it's a bit like Deathgasm actually. It's about like a haunted house, and it's set in Texas. And like it's the the guy who's in the house, the dad of the family. He's in he's a he's a guitar playing artist and uh, but. So I'm not I'm not selling this one very well right now. <laughs> but again, there's like an evil spirit, and it it's really it's a real rock and roll horror film. It's it's funny, but it's it's also like really exciting. And, and so I'm seeing a through line here. You like haunted house movies or evil spirit movies? This is just what I'm seeing. Oh, okay. I'll give you one that isn't. Uh, the Witch. Okay, this one I've been hearing about. I, I love any uh, any movie that's a, a period film. Yeah. Uh, and particularly. Uh, basically, old New England, like colonial yeah, New England. Yeah, it's set in New England about forty years before the witch trials. Yeah. So it's kind of in a time when you can see this building and this fear in these people. And it's it's a people who believe the Bible, but also they're not very well educated. They believe fairy stories and fairy tales, and all this stuff gets mixed up in their brains. Uh, so they start. And they live out in the woods. They live. Right? Yeah. So this, is, this is a family that's going to play on your. It's a family that's cut off, and actually the main guy is Chris Finch from the British office. So <laughs> I smiled the first time he was on screen, but then I didn't smile again, because he's, he's very good. The language is old, very old-fashioned language. Oh, nice. So nice. It's, it's all, you know, you really have to take time to let your See, ear... that's a ballsy horror movie. I it's love an, that. It's, mu it's more an art house film than like yeah. a horror film. That trailer is online. We have it. It's fantastic. Check yeah, it out. It's a very, very beautifully made film, and it stays with you. The, yeah. the ending stays with you for a long time. Uh, so that one's really good. And then this one, the final one, it's more maybe a thriller, but... Uh, it's very violent when it's violent, so I'm putting in, and that's Green Room, which has mm. Patrick Stewart in, and it's kind of about, uh, it's basically punks versus Nazis. It's, <laughs> it, that's a, to, you know, it's, it's like an old John Carpenter film with the, this punk band that you quite like, uh, getting trapped by these Nazis who are trying to kill them, and they've got to try and escape, and so it's like a siege, it's a siege movie, really. That's, I gotta see that. But it's now. so well put together. It's green Room, uh, so yeah. all right. Uh, Oddly enough, opening up this weekend is, uh, well, could say Scouts versus Zombies, but the actual title is Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Yep. You, you did mention a little bit about uh, horror comedies. I find like that's a really tough thing to pull off. Yep. What, what, from the number of ones that you've seen, what does it take to pull off a horror comedy? 
That's a good question. I, if I, I knew, really, I'd be making them. I mean, I feel like it's a, even some of the best filmmakers can't recapture that. Like It's someone that really, you've got to be really, you've got to really understand the horror genre, I think. Yeah. You can't just come in with a comedy director. Yeah. Uh, and, and get them to go, do a good horror comedy. I think it needs to be a horror director who has really? a good sense of comic timing, yeah. Do you, uh, you know like Edgar, Edgar Wright. Wright. Yeah, yeah, like so Edgar Wright, know, like Sam Raimi. Yeah. Landis, though, he did it with American Werewolf. Yeah, um, which to me is still the best yeah. horror comedy. Yeah, I, I think you just, you know, and then there's examples that contradict that. I think I did Zombieland, hadn't done a horror film, yeah. but if you've got to understand a horror film. James I Gunn think. understood it because he did all the trauma yeah. stuff when he did Slither. So. And so when it's nasty, it's got to be nasty and scary. And all those films have that. It can't be half-hearted. Yeah, yeah. You know? It can't be like a, almost like a spoof. And, and because I think in a way you're, you're... They seem to forget the ones that don't work, that you're not making fun of the horror. Yeah. You're making fun of your reaction yeah. to the horror. The horror has to be horrific, but titillating too in its own They way. seem to be good at it in New Zealand as well because the yeah. best one I saw last year was a movie called Housebound. And oh, it's, right, right. It's yeah. really frightening. I think that's on Netflix if you it is, it's, it's fantastic and that's yeah. a perfect Halloween one. It's really frightening but man, it's funny when it's funny and then, yeah, yeah you know, and Peter J, it's in that Peter Jackson universe that Black Sheep was and, and Deathgasm right. is so and what we do in The Shadows was quite a good one, although that was yeah. more funny than scary. But. Director now doing Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, let's see, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, uh, James Bond, because you have seen the movie. You've yes. You've reviewed Spectre for us. Yes, I've It doesn't I've open up here until next week. I've reviewed Spectre for you, and then so I've reviewed spoilers. all the uh, negative comments underneath my review as well, which <laughs> has been enjoyable to read, so thank you everyone for that. Um, His home address is. Uh, what... In a nutshell, and again, no spoilers. Of course, yeah. What, what you know, you, you gave it a good rating. Yeah, it's good. But it's, you know, coming off of Skyfall, good's not good enough, no. you know? So no. what was, what exactly did it fail to kind of nail? Fail to I nail, don't, that, it, that It's the longest Bond minute. movie. And yet I feel, which is saying something. Yeah, because but when I've, they'd show them on, on cable over here, yeah. It would be like a three and a half yeah. hour block. And I, I just feel, and I, I, that was one of my criticisms in my review, which people said, well, that's not criticism. But it is when not enough happens in that yeah. 148 minutes to warrant it being that long. You could tell that story <laughs> in under two hours. So please, that's the problem. Please tell me that they do as much old school stuff of him, like walking around, hanging up his dry cleaning with their... Dun, dun, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That's what you, you watch some of those old Sean Connery ones. Yeah. That everyone is always, oh, those were the best. You go back, you watch some of them. There was a lot of filler. Yeah, a lot. There's like, Sean's driving, Sean's hanging up his suit. It's maybe not filler, just one too many action set pieces, one too many places he has to travel to to get another piece of the puzzle. Um, it, it, and it really felt to me like it was Bond going through the motions a little bit. We've yeah. got to hit this beat here, this beat there. There's got to be three Bond girls. They're going to be come at this point. I mean, that has always been the for formula, though. It the, is a formula. And yeah. I just felt like they mixed it up a little bit with Skyfall. Yeah. You know, uh, M was ultimately the Bond girl in that film, really. Uh, and, the, the, you know, the, the villain giving himself up so early, kind of Seven style. Mm -hmm. uh, it just made it a little more interesting, whereas this one feels like... I've seen this before, I've seen this done better, and with, with it being Mendes, like, there's, I, I was just, there's so much, I was really willing it to be better than Skyfall. And and it sounds like the problems were on paper, and, and we do know from the, the reports out of the Sony leak that they did have script concerns. Uh, would you agree that a lot of the problems with the movie were just started right there in story level? Yeah. Yeah? It felt like, it felt like a, a, a good, a solid first draft that could have been absolutely, could have been edited down, but also pumped up a, a little bit and yeah. just make, just given a bit more punch. Does Bond himself have an arc or? He does, but they do, like, you know, Skyfall did a really good, uh, I thought it was really impressive in the way it like sprinkled little details about his past that we haven't yeah. heard before, which I thought really worked. They the do Albert this. Albert Finney thing, all that, yeah. They do the same here, but it doesn't work. It feels like you've done that. Don't try and do exactly yeah. the same thing. And yet they don't really go into, enough detail uh, but I can't it's hard to talk about it it sounds like a real prick tease that's what I'm saying. yeah it even is. though I'm not supposed to it is you know like with the in, in the tra in the trailer and the teaser you've, se you've seen and people yeah. have seen you know there's lots of things about this you know his, his where he learned to ski and this and that like 
And I was really hoping we'd, we'd get some, some interesting revelations, but they don't really come. And, and How's Watts? He's, 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 I was so excited to see him as the Bond villain. He's like the ultimate screen villain of the last 10 years. Yeah. In, you know, in a role in a, in a Bond movie that should be tailor-made for him. But he's just delivering the same performance that he did in Bastards. So it, just, it just sounds like everyone is going through the motions. A little bit. That's what, what I, that's what what I felt. What about Craig? Does he do it too? He's solid, but by the end, I'm like, I've, honestly, I think he's been brilliant. But at the end of the film, I felt, yeah, I'm done with you as Bond now. There's, yeah. You're not exploring anything new in this one. Like, I feel like it's, it's time. I, I want to see someone new in the part now. Yeah, he seems like he, I mean, obviously he's over it. Uh, and I know that that's part of, he's been like that with every interview for each of his yeah. films. But at a certain point, when you seem less than enthusiastic and the word on the street is, yeah. you know, Die Another Day made a lot of money. And they yeah. still recast Bond because they knew they just knew when their gut it was time. Yeah. So you really think that's it? Yeah. Not a fifth and I, one for him. You know, you, I, go, I wonder if his heart was really in this one. You know, the way he talks hasn't been particularly, you know, complimentary about the character. And you know, Mendez hasn't been hugely positive. I didn't. I didn't think in some interviews yeah. I've seen with him. So yeah, it feels like a group of people that are really done with it. But that said, it is a really solid Bond film. Um, I think it's maybe, for me, it's probably my third favorite, Daniel Craig. Yeah. Skyfall and Casino Royale being better and Quantum being a lot worse. Now, do, would you say that, uh, let's, do a, let's do a little fun bit here. Okay. Uh, let's do a ranking of the just the Daniel Craig Bond villains. Yeah. So what do you think, Javier Bardem first or Mads? Bardem is number one for me. I thought he was yeah. terrific. Yeah. I think he's one of the all-time best ones. Uh, How about I, you? I've, um, I would say, I would say Bardem, yep. but I, I, you know, you have to. You, it's so easy to not appreciate Casino Royale as much because if Mads Mikkelsen's Le Chiffre didn't work, Daniel Craig's Bond might not have worked yep. too. It gave him. They needed that right out of the gate, and we've since seen in the years after that movie that, how great Mads is, you know, yeah. Hannibal and everything. Um, so I mean, I feel like I feel like Le Chiffre should kind of get. A little bit of an edge for just being the guy that helped reset that tone. But yeah, because would you have ended up getting a Bardem and, and a Mendes yeah. and people like that without like Agreed. right out of the gate, yeah. like we're going to do this, we're going to class this back up now. Um, I, you know who I was really disappointed in was uh, Matthew Almerich because mm. he's a good great actor. actor. He's a great actor, yeah. And uh, you know, look, I like uh, some of Mark Forster's movies. Uh, and I covered the hell out of Quantum. Yeah. And at that did. time of my life, that was a very rough time of my life. And, uh, you know, that movie was a, a good time passer for me. In the years since, I've revisited it. And you can really see it's a victim of the writer's strike. Yeah. And that's what kind of what I'm afraid of with, with this, with Spectre. Yeah. And I see it in a couple of days of that. Yeah, it's well, gonna be and I hope I'm not being too negative. I feel like I've been, all I've done is being negative. You still gave it a seven, what, seven three? S yeah, yeah. yeah that's so. good. It is good. I think. I think people. Is there too much people water thinking joke that was a terrible. Here somewhere. I know that's not a seven nine or whatever. But. No, I don't know. It, it's 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 a fun time at the movies. It's yeah. just you know it's coming after a really good one and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't quite live up to that. I didn't think. Yeah. Uh, so would you put would you put um, Waltz ahead of Almerks? I would. Yeah. So it's funny. I, I so the, the ranking of the movies is actually. Uh, yeah, in yeah, line same with the, the ranking villains. of the villains. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, no, I mean, Walsh is really good. I've just seen him do that performance a bunch of times now. It's very similar to his Inglorious Bastards performance. Is it similar to his, his work in Green Hornet? Yeah, a little bit. Um, Damn it. <laughs> and I'm starting to think that he's a much more interesting actor when he's got Tarantino's words coming out of his mouth. Mm. Uh, because I think everyone will the, There's nothing better than that, but yeah. it, it's, you know, that's it. they seem to be a perfect partnership, them two. And so in this one, he's he's good, but we can talk about it more after everyone's seen it. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if his, uh, even though it came out end of last year, I guess, but like, see if his his quote unquote villain in Big Eyes was better than his his villain Inspector. Ah, you know? uh, I thought he was bad in Big Eyes. So. Oh, okay. All right, there we go. Sorry, Christoph. <laughs> I know you're a big fan of this podcast. Uh, yeah, he tunes in every week. He never misses keeping it real. No, he doesn't, but he's going to send some hate mail to the superhero <laughs> show now. You want to give a, a plug out to your show? And tell yeah. People when every Saturday watch? morning, apart from last week, because we, me and Dan went around. Yeah, we do a 
20-minute show called The Superhero Show where we just talk about whatever we fancy that week. It's my favorite IGN show after this oh, one. Jim. It really is. I love it. I, know, I don't uh, miss it's an really episode. sweet. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fun. It's really good fun. We're debating whether to turn it into a podcast as well. We should. We should, yeah. Or just I think strip the, viewers, the audio from your the video. The viewers want us to, but I think the pads that be don't. So we're figuring that out yeah. at the moment. But yeah, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for that and, plug. And you can, uh, they can drop you reader email at... at the superhero show at IGN.com. You used to have some really long ass like... Yeah. It was like IGN underscore this and that. Yeah, and UK feedback at IGN.com. Um, and then you guys also do Rebel Base. That's Rebel Base. That's, yeah, Dan, Dan and Gav do the weekly Star Wars show. And which uh, drops during the week. You guys, and, and your podcast just won a big award over in London, didn't it? We did. We won. Come on, tout your own. Games Media Awards. People. We won Podcast of the Year in the same yeah. week. In the same week that we did our live 300th podcast, which wasn't just. See, this is how we do it back. You home. guys did a live one. We, we did a live show which featured a band and a magician and the podcast. It was a variety show. Rich Bearpark did some magic on stage. Uh, we, we're going to miss him. He was there. He was uh, one of the IGN video, video guys. Yeah, yeah. But he was also a magician. He was the yeah. man was a sorcerer. He really was. Let's get Kyle, let's get Kyle doing some magic. Uh, exactly. It's, uh, we should give a shout out to, we did on our 300th episode, but our producer Kyle Watson, yeah. who has to listen to us ramble on every week and, yeah. you know, Put this online for us, you know. Thank you, Kyle. As he's always, got, he's got the magic fingers. <laughs> well, I don't know what you've heard. <laughs> but all right, so I think that'll about do it for this week's cool. podcast. Uh, people can follow you on Twitter at, at Tilly Tweets. That is correct. I'm at, at Jim Vavda. We'll be back hopefully next week with uh, both Chris. Uh, well, Chris Carroll might not be in next week, but at least with Terry Schwartz. Yeah, um, an improvement on me. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, I want to say thank you so much. We don't really get to hang out enough. We see each other maybe once a year at Comic-Con. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll nice. have to do something about this, you know. He and I like to knock back a few pints or whiskeys together. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, so, thanks for joining us this thanks, week. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Thanks, as always, for watching. And for all things movies, keep it here on IGN.